Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Okay, guys, it's episode 70. We're in the middle of our Enneagram mini-series. We are currently studying The Path Between Us by Suzanne Stabile. And we also have a very special guest today who is close to our hearts. We go back to the 2000s. Yeah, so that was your sophomore year. So yeah. we have Whitney Russell Stabile on the show today. Say hello for us, Whit. Hello. All right. So we actually all played soccer together at Austin College. So go Roos. And it's just such a small world because at one point, Whitney, you messaged us and you were like, uh, so my mother-in-law is Suzanne Stabile. And then we fangirl for a long time, like, oh my gosh, Whitney is crazy. <laughs> so tell us how you are currently, and you forever will be, the founder, founder and owner of Bravehaven Counseling located in the D area so why don't you just start from start from the beginning but how did you get there tell us how you got to be the founder and owner of this yeah so I worked for um so I'm an eating disorder specialist and so I worked for eating disorder treatment centers for almost 10 years and kind of at the same time that my professional life blew up and expanded. So did my personal life. So I went from having one child to, and we're being just like a therapist to three years later, having four children and being the regional director of seven treatment facilities in two different States and decided that all of that together was a little too much. <laughs> so um, I decided to go out on my own and just to have a little bit more balance in my life. And so I could be more present with my wonderful growing family. And so I started my private practice a year ago. It was a year in July and I actually went out on my own. I was working for the treatment center and um, doing my private practice at the same time until January of this year. And so then that's when I kind of like took the leap and cut the cord and um, went out on my own and I was self-employed after that, which is a little bit of a, a little bit of an experience, but it's been really great. Well, it sounds like you're totally crushing it. So run through quick, husband, kids, how does that work so people can kind of visualize your life? Yeah, so my husband and I, we met on Tinder. And so he is Suzanne's son. So his name is Joel and he works for her. Um, and he actually wasn't working for her when we met. Um, but about a year into us being together, that's when he started working for her. And so then we got married, um, a year, we got married on our one year anniversary. 
And so he had two daughters from a previous marriage, and then I had my son from a previous marriage. And so we're a blended family. And then um, we had our daughter two years ago. Her name's Josie. She's two. And then we have my son, Jace, who's seven, and who y'all have seen lots of pictures of him since he was a tiny baby. And (laughs) um, then we have Jolie, who's eight, and Gracie, who's 10. Um, so we have yours, mine, and ours. Perfect. I love that. Okay. So Whitney, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about today? So in your professional terminology, since you're <laughs> certifications and whatnot, so how can you explain to our audience what we're going to talk about today? Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Enneagram and kind of in the context of all, all of the different types of relationships that you might have. So relationships you have with other people. So that might be a spouse or a child or a coworker, and also your relationship with yourself, um, particularly with your body and also with food. And so all of those kind of mimic each other, especially according to your Enneagram number, you'll have like similar boundaries with people, your body and food, and it's all very interesting. Um, so it'll, it'll be fun, be a good conversation. And that makes complete sense to me because I definitely have phases and times where I definitely am in a relationship with food. Yes. <laughs> my bestie is tortilla chips and yep. queso, salsa, guac. I mean, we, we like to mix it up with some other friends too, but yeah. Right. No, mine's the same, but like I got a sweet tooth. So it'll be interesting to hear what Winnie has to say about different numbers. So we're going to follow the same way Suzanne's book does. So we'll go with the triad. So we're going to start with Enneagram eight, nine, and one. So the anger, are they just angry eating? (laughs) We'll let you take the reins um, for eight, nines, and ones. And if you want to go like relationship with others, with self, with food, with body, whatever flow you usually do, that's what we want to hear. Okay. Well, first I want to know what Enneagram, what y'all's Enneagram number is and what your spouse's numbers are. I'm just kidding. I am a nine wing one, and I believe my husband is a three wing two. Our husbands aren't into the Enneagram, so we like try to ninja the Enneagram. Well, I kind of pose questions, like especially (laughs) first one, the road back to you, and it kind of has that checklist. So I just, you know, in passing and like, so, I mean, do you feel this way? Yes. Baron's been able to develop evidence and build a case over the course of a year. (laughs) So now she can kind of figure (laughs) out. And I think okay. we could all type your husband, which I know you're not supposed to do, but, but yes. we absolutely do it because they're not going to read it. So that's like the inside joke. So I am a one wing two and Morgan is an eight wing seven. I Very interesting. Those are all <laughs> the dynamics. Oh yeah. We're touching them all. So. <laughs> you're a one, right? I'm a one. And so Joel is a seven. Oh, nice. So Farron, just like you and your husband, Jacob, we share a line. Uh-huh. So like y'all go to each numbers, num- each of each other's numbers and stress and security. And so a lot of times you can like pick out when they're stressed because my husband, whenever he's in one space, he's just like cleaning everywhere and just yeah. like can't, can't stop with all of the, like organizing and cleaning. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to let you be here. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Do you stop him? Do you wait till he gets like a certain amount done? And then you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Honey, how are you? You 
Well, because it, it like activates stuff in me that I feel like I need to be doing that with him because I'm in the dependent stance. And so I have tried to like real hard be like, you're allowed to be there and I don't need to be there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to clean, so go for it. Yeah. Um, so eights, nines, and ones. Anger triad. <clears throat> I will kind of start out with something that I've been um, talking a lot about with my clients lately. I have a lot of... Um, like nines and ones clients. And so what I have come to understand because the, the anger triad is also the body triad. And so what I have observed is that each number has a different relationship with physical sensations. So eights are really activated by physical sensations. So like if they are feeling anger, that gives them energy. Um, but then they move the feelings aside. They move those like physical sensations aside to get the job done. So it doesn't interfere with them being able to complete a task. I think that's one of the reasons why they're like so efficient is because they don't let physical sensations or emotions into their kind of doing. Because we're also the doing. I think that's accurate. <laughs> it turns out you are right. <laughs> It's funny because we're not experts and we're just typing our husbands for fun. Yeah. So, I mean, it is fun. That's what, I mean, you know, like you said, you're not supposed to type people, but nobody follows that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, as soon as they have gotten the book, like starts typing everyone they know. So um, nines hate physical sensations, especially uncomfortable ones. So when they start to feel them, they're like, nope, and they shove them back down. And so a lot of times they avoid them or numb them with other things, possibly food sometimes, or even alcohol. It's like, this physical sensation is too uncomfortable and I don't want to feel it. And so they often have a really hard time with physical sensations. Would you say that's accurate, Sharon? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just take her to me, Casina. She's good. Oh, dang. <laughs> So tell me about ones. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear yeah. about it. So ones really kind of measure out our expression. So because we want to be socially acceptable most of the time, unless like we're in seven space, we want to be like really socially acceptable. So we don't allow a lot to show. So we don't allow our, our emotions to show very often. We also kind of measure out our experience of our physical sensations so a lot of times it's hard for us to know that we're tired until we are 100% like out of steam. It's like, I have gone and gone and gone and gone and gone all day. And because I'm like measuring that out and kind of allowing myself to feel a little bit of it, but also not at the same time and expressing some of it just enough to be socially appropriate, but also keeping a lot of it in. Then at the end of the day, we're like, boom, I'm super tired or even with like hunger, sometimes one hard time knowing when they're hungry, it's because they're constantly doing and kind of measuring out their physical um, sensations. And then it's like, okay, now I'm at a 10. Now I know I'm hungry. And so the, I think a lot of ones get a little bit hangry. Yeah. Uh, my husband's also like, um, what's the last time that you ate? <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. 
every day. <laughs> I'm with the work day and I'm home and I'm just like, I gotta make the food because I'm hungry <laughs> and I'm tired. So that comes out like a crazy person sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the relationship with body. And I'm sure you can see how a lot of that interacts with your relationship with food. Um, <clears throat> in terms of like relationships with other people, um, a tip for eight is that they have a hard time knowing how big their presence is in a room. Like yeah. I'm sure your husband can walk into any room and he is the presence in the room. Yes. He's also, he wins the award for the loudest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of extroverted eights are usually pretty loud. You know, no, there are, you are be a good one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just a tip for eights is just to kind of like know, and be sensitive and be attuned to like their presence in the room and to give other people space in the room as well. It can be really hard for, especially in a group, it can be hard for other people to have space in a group when there's an eight there. Mm. Yep. I like it. I'm going to have to like give <laughs> that information to him somehow. <laughs> and a tip for people who are in a relationship with an eight is to understand. <laughs> Tell me. The eight that they're, because they're feeling repressed and because they're in the doing triad, I think that they respond better in conflict situations when you have your own feelings under control and managed. Because if you come with tears, they don't, they're not being attuned to those tears. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four, three. Uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, see, like, it's almost like I need to present a case. It's more yeah. of like I need to get my facts together, get not my emotions in check, but be able to present the case without being like, because <laughs> he's yeah. not gonna understand ugly cry. So <laughs> yeah. gotta translate it into eight. Yeah, that's gotta be like very logical, task oriented. <laughs> Not not a lot of feelings happening. Yes. They, they, there will be more there'll be more product more productivity out of that conflict if that's how you come to an eight. I love it. Good stuff. Yep. Okay. Um nines. Baron. <laughs> you can't turn it out. You can't avoid this. Hey, what? Pay attention. My mom's calling me. No. <laughs> So nines, it's hard for you to prioritize things, which you'll know. And so it can be really, I had a nine as a intern one time and she came to me and she was like, I just discovered this thing that's really helpful, making lists. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, as a one, make lists all the time. How did you just discover this as an adult? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all... I do. I am a wing one, so I I can. I do have the list. You do I know what list. a list is. Okay, good. Okay, Ooh, check. Okay, give yeah. tell them more. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> but you might just need more help with like things like that. You might need other people to help you to prioritize or like make um, a plan or an agenda for something. It looks like that's Brooke. <laughs> got it. I got you, girl. It's her passion planning i'm just supporting her passion thank you yes by giving her more opportunity 
Yes, to express your artwork. Yes. I like Thank how you me. positively phrase that. Always, always. <laughs> I think that happens, like if I'm in a state of stress, that writing, even if it's just like a brain dump, and then taking that and putting it in some type of order, mm-hmm. even categories. So um, I found that that to be very helpful. Um, but sometimes it does take me longer than you would think to remember to do that. Like I, I know yeah. to do that, but to realize, man, I don't like where my headspace is right now. What's going on? Oh, I, I'm kind of stuck from like here to there. So lists, yeah. yeah, they're helpful. Well, my, my like not, I feel like my nine wing has gotten a lot bigger in the past couple of years. Um, and that usually comes out like when I'm cleaning, like I'll cleaning in one room and then there's like something in the dining room that's the kids. And so then I'll go and take that to the kids room and then I'm, I'll like, find something in the kids room to clean. And then I'm going to my bedroom, like, cause there's in the kids room that goes to my bedroom and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> It's been an hour and I've just been kind of like going in circles around the house, being yeah. constantly distracted by everything. I feel you on that one. Yeah, you spend all this time and energy, but nothing looks done, but you know you've been busy the whole time. Yeah. And that's training for a nun. Yeah. And then other people are like, what have you been doing? Uh, cleaning. Can't you see? Number one, never ask me that question. Number two, <laughs> time. And so a, a tip for you, Farron, is to allow yourself to start experiencing those physical sensations. It brings up conflict, like inner conflict in you because it disturbs your peace. Mm-hmm. And it will also to give you more energy if you allow those emotions to rise and to flow through you than just to continue to stuff them. Mm-hmm. That's how you can get more energy, Farron. Look at that. Well, because one of the reasons why nines have the lowest number, lowest amount of energy is because you're internally and externally boundaried. So you're keeping things out and keeping things in that mm-hmm. will not like to prevent conflict. Yeah, that takes a lot of energy. I like how you phrase that. We've never like heard it phrased in that way, but now hearing it that way, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't feel like those two points are ever put together in the same point, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, yeah keeping your inner peace and then avoiding external conflict, but those occur simultaneously. So just exactly what you just said. (laughs) Yes. I can't take credit for that phrasing. That's all Suzanne. (laughs) Um, And then tips for somebody who's in a relationship with a nine is that if a nine is stating a preference, that's a big deal. Mm. Because usually they don't say to preference. Mm-hmm. They'll just kind of go with the flow or go whatever the group wants to do. But if they're like, I want Taco Bell tonight, <laughs> like, listen to that. Because <laughs> they're not going to often say anything. And yeah. so just kind of like honor whenever a nine is actually saying what they want, because that's a really big deal. And if it's not that we have to do it, as a nine would say, but typical <laughs> <laughs> nine. For it to be shot down just further discourages any doing that anytime soon. Right. So, yes. yeah. That's a good one. I like it. I like you. I like you too. I like Whitney too. Yeah, I like you too. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so for ones, I know a lot about ones, obviously, because I am one. Um, but what we need to do is to give other people and ourselves a break. We hold everybody to a higher standard and we hold ourselves to a higher standard. And the most um, life-changing thing for me was to learn self-compassion. And a lot of it is that common humanity piece of self-compassion. So I don't know like how much self-compassion reading I'll have done, but um, (laughs) so there's three different components of self-compassion. There's self-kindness, there's mindfulness, and there's common humanity. And so the common humanity piece was really big for me because as a one, I have that inner critic that's just like constantly talking to me all the time about how I messed up here and how could you have done that and yada, 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 all that stuff that you know, Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the common humanity, common humanity means that a lot of the experiences that we have, everyone has. And so that was really helpful for me to know that it's not really about me that it's not that there's some flaw in me and that's why I messed up on this or why I couldn't remember this or why I'm having a problem with so-and-so, that it's not about me and something flawed or bad in me. It's just about me being human and that's okay. And everyone has problems with coworkers and everyone makes mistakes. And so that's been the most helpful thing for me. You hit the nail on the head with the compassion. So realizing like stepping outside of myself, like, I am not the only human who has this problem. And that is self-centered to think that uh, and just stepping back and realizing that everybody has this problem. So what have some other people tried? It's not like I've got myself into this. I gotta get my way out. I can ask for help. So yeah, I think that was a huge breakthrough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was something that I had to learn as well. Going through hard times. It's like, I don't have, I like, I don't have to pull myself up by the bootstraps and prove to me and everyone else that I can handle this. Like it's okay for me to not have to handle everything. I love it. Um, Tips for people in a relationship with ones. Um, So one of the things that Suzanne talks about is if you are in a relationship with a one and you're wanting to offer them help, you ask them how they specifically want it to be done. Like, I would love to help you clean the house. How do you want it to be done? Or like, I would love to help you bake this cake. Tell me exactly how you want it to be done. That way they do it the way we want it to be done. (laughs) And we don't have to go behind them and redo it. (laughs) I like that. That is, so even just hearing you phrase it that way is helpful for me to be able to communicate to other people. Like, mom, can I help pull the towels? No, <laughs> but I want to say yes, because I want to teach them that skill. So I like how you're phrasing that. So will you say the phrase one more time again so it sticks in our brains? Yeah. So I would love to help you. How do you want this to be done? How do you want this task to be done? Oh, so my husband actually asks me that often. Like if he sees me doing something, you know, he'll be like, how do you want this to be done? Way <laughs> to listen. Yay. Um, And also for people who are in relationships with ones, if you're giving them feedback or especially in like in a, um, like a social relationship, not necessarily like a formal, um, like working relationship, but in a social relationship, if you're giving them feedback, a lot of what they're only, a lot of what they're going to hear at first is only the negative things that you're saying. 
like if they come to you there, I mean, just for example, like with my husband, if he comes and talks to me about something then I'm like, well, I'm just a terrible mother because he's, he, you know, maybe he's only talking to me about one thing, but to me, that's the message that I'm getting is that all of me is bad. <laughs> and, uh, but he's like, no, I'm just talking about this one specific thing, not all of you. And, but that's the thing that like ones encounter a lot, especially in those social relationships or romantic relationships is that mm -hmm. you're, if you're getting feedback. It just feels terrible, but really you like need to listen to the specific thing that that person is saying. It is so funny that you said that. And then you went, I'm a terrible mom. Cause a couple episodes ago <laughs> when we talked about <laughs> eight nines and ones, I said what Morgan, I gave what Morgan said to me. And then what I said in my head mm -hmm. on what I thought, he was saying that was my interpretation and it's yeah. it sounded very similar like that so if you want to hear it people you need to go back and listen to episode 66 that's the one so go listen to 66 to hear <laughs> my interpretation that is so funny and it's nice knowing that i'm not the only one who thinks that like that so again taking myself out of it i'm not the only one who is acting like that or feeling that so it's good to know that I'm not alone in that, and there's a way to combat that. So I like that the term common humanity. Yes, I love it. That's something I use with my clients all the time. They come, they come, even if they're not a one, they like come to me and talk about a problem, and then they have negative self talk about it. I'm like, well, it sounds like you're human. And they're like, congratulations, you're normal. <laughs> I often think of like the grace I give to others that mm -hmm. we do if we're keeping score worse things or whatever, but I can't give that to myself. And so then I have to kind of step back or I find myself saying things to other people in same situations and like, that is so nice. And like, it's honest and it's nice. Like, why can't I believe that for me too? So I agree. Nine wing one, but I can still relate to that piece for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're wrapping up episode 70, The Path Between Us with Whitney Russell Stabile, where we talked about relationships with food, body, people, Enneagrams, eight Enneagrams, Enneagram numbers, eight, nine, and one. Man, that was jam-packed. I hope you guys are taking notes at home. Be sure you turn in, tune in next week to hear about Numbers two, three, and four. Yep, remember this is a three-part episode. So today we had eight, nine, and one. Next week is two, three, and four. And the following week is five, six, and seven. Go tell your friends. Bye. We help busy Christians get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. You can also find a link on our site at wittyandgritty.blog. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. 
We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.